Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is the Curious Anarchy Podcast, and I'm back with wonderful and amazing host, Jermaine, alongside my amazing, wonderful co-host, Mark. How are you, Mark? Hey, hey, how are you doing? Um, Jermaine, I just want to say um, another day, another podcast. It's a joy to be on the platform with you. Um, I feel like... Uh, Neo in the Matrix, waiting on the platform, but in a heightened state of enlightenment. So, much appreciated. Thank you. Much appreciated, Mark. Um, so, our joyous and wonderful, amazing co-host Shiloh isn't with us today. He's uh, oh. taking care of other business. Um, unfortunately, due to foreseen circumstances, he couldn't be with us, but uh, he will be back. He will be back. Um, and we kind of just wanted to take a moment um, just to kind of share some of my my thoughts and feelings around Dilo's coming to this planet, him in three, and this transition into becoming more independent and coming to nursery and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, so Mark will be uh, interviewing me, I guess, and uh, I guess we'll see how this goes. Yeah. I mean... I think it's a good place to start is to think about the unique set of circumstances that brought us to this point. So a year ago, I didn't know you. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, you had a full-time job that was very rarely allowing you to be at home. Yeah. I don't think we could have foreseen anything that would have happened over the next two years. Um, and I think the whole human race couldn't have foreseen anything that would have happened over the next two years. I mean, they could have guessed, they could have had their conspiracy against the tin hats and all on, but, but the actual reality of it actually being a worldwide affected um, situation. And I know that you and I both in our um, in our infancy, in our in our youth, were exposed to the Bible, mm-hmm. um, and there were so many events in the Bible that people would always think, "Well, that's just not," you know. I mean, what's the chance of a bunch of frogs destroying all the the wildlife or darkness hitting the whole bit? I mean, what you know? Come on, this is just silliness. <laughs> And yet now we find ourselves in a situation that is almost biblical by comparison. <laughs> Why do I say this? Why do I say this, Jermaine? Why do I say this? <laughs> I was just thinking, blasphemy, blasphemy. <laughs> well, I was thinking infamy, infamy. They've all got it in for me. No, but, um, yeah. um, I, why do I say this? There's a reason why I say this. I mean, if the normal circumstances had gone about, if you think about your life until this happened, the chances of you watching your newborn child evolve into a three-year-old whilst being around for him day through the day would have been exceptionally minimal. Not Nothing to do with you, but because of work commitments, yeah. because a whole host of things that day-to-day life demanded of you. So for you to then, further down the line, be having a podcast where you can now articulate 
what that actually means for you. It's very, very important. So I wanted to tackle it from that viewpoint. I want to ask you a question. Okay. I wonder if you can do it, because it's a hard one, and it's not as easy as the ones that are going to come afterwards, because they're much I'll try. This is the thing. You're never easy with these questions. No, no, but what I mean is, the the other ones are based more in, in reality. So this one's more hypothetical. Okay. Which which is slightly harder. So if you could imagine the virus hadn't happened and you were doing your day job as you had done for years and years. Yeah. And the kind of relationship you had with his mother and the kind of relationship you had with your friends and family and everyone else. What would your relationship have looked like for a three year old Shiloh now? If all that my relationship with him yeah how would he have viewed it imagine you being looking through his eyes yeah you know what percentage of the time of his growing up would he have spent with you how would that have shaped given the other commitments you would have had up to this point it literally would have been weekends and to be fair I, I I even say that the large majority of the time I was getting up as he's getting up um, giving him his breakfast and then going to work when I'm coming back it's literally like an hour an hour that that's all the time that I have in between him you know me getting back and then him being put to bed um, yeah so you know unless he kind of plays up then we get a little bit more time but you know it's it's very minimal um, so hold on but when you say the weekends and, and please correct me because I'm happy to be wrong and I don't know you very well but my image of your lifestyle before this happened was that your weekends would have had different pools on them, so to speak so what, would you have been able to for example give every weekend to being around Shiloh for example oh yeah Certainly. you would have that's fine no no I'm just asking out of curiosity more than anything else yeah 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 I mean unless there was like maybe some sort of family do or gathering or something going on um, but you weren't doing any work or music or anything like that over the weekend um, but I mean what what one of the benefits that we've had is the support from her parents her known yeah. parents yeah um, yeah and as much as they can be quite difficult and challenging to work with um, they've been quite consistent with having him every weekend so I think that's one of the benefits that we've had um, as a parent when a three-year-old we've actually had you know families who are there prepared to be engaged and involved in his life um, and, and she's more than happy to have him you know for a week when she's on holiday and could take him up to his cousins back in the Midlands so you know it's good for him um, and it's also good for us as well we get the time to ourselves to just do what we need to do and you know sorry around. I'm getting confused are you are you talking about the now or are you talking about how it was then because no, I'm talking about like oh, like because um, her parents began to have him every weekend in the pandemic yeah I'm talking about before the pandemic so I'm saying in the days before the pandemic oh right yeah Sorry, this is where we're at. We're, 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 at the moment, we're looking through before the pandemic happened and when you yeah. were working. So you, you had breakfast with him in the morning and then you see him for about an hour in the evening. 
Yeah. In the weekend, you said most of the time you could spend with him because... Yeah. They, they, they would spend with him up until sort of maybe a few weeks into the pandemic. Um, so we'd go out for walks, we'd go to the park, um, we'd do some reading, play some games, just like normal daddy-son things, you know? Um, and yeah, it's, it, it kind of felt in a way like everything was being crammed into those weekends. All right, day. that's what I'm kind of asking you, I suppose. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the assumption that you haven't got sort of work or, 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 or entertainment uh, commitments as well, which I'm assuming yeah. you know, yeah. some people have, some people don't. So, um, so what I'm saying is, so you would have seen him two, about two-fifths of the week really and realistically you know in terms of the time of the week yeah. you know, like and and watching him grow up would have been a close but a distant thing as well yeah yeah i um, think that's what you're saying definitely definitely um just seeing how like being able to be at home with him to spend all of this time like to spend my whole day with him you know yeah. um yeah. has just been wonderful to see him grow from just in the last year that I, I was um we had a birthday party for him back in march and yeah. a few people over and um a friend of mine who came to his previous birthday showed me a video and it was of shiloh and his son just running around and shiloh was so tiny and he was so <laughs> like little like and i was just like wow he's really changed like he's grown he's got taller he's, he's kind of slimmed down a little bit um but he's still kind of quite stocky um yeah. just the way that he walks and runs is just so much more full of of confidence now um he just has this real air about him and he's kept this air about him of just being so wonderful and friendly and enchanting i think anybody that comes across him is like oh my gosh what's his name oh he's lovely it's like yeah thank you <laughs> and I, I was speaking about this this whole like experience of like first going to nursery and um the way that he just took to it he he wasn't even reserved he held the nursery assistant's hand and literally at the gate just waved and said bye daddy and was happy to just go inside and there was a moment there where i felt like Oh no, my gosh, my what is this yeah. feeling? <laughs> like, yeah. like he's just so confident in walking away. Like he's happy to do that, <laughs> you know? Um right. and a friend of mine actually responded to that. She said, um, you've done a good job. You've done a good job because he's like that. That's that's well, you, really you've kind of jumped a little bit ahead of where of our dialogue where we were going yeah, so, yeah, I know. It, just one thing kind of led to another. And, no, no, yeah. but it's quite interesting because you know it, it's in doing the good job that I think we needed to reflect on, because because you've been around him, uh, like almost every day. Yeah. Well, certainly since I've spoken to you, so that's that's at least six months, and and I'm I'm going to make a wild guess and say it's been, it's been a lot longer than that, given that how long we've been. Um, What's the word? Um, Communication. No, I mean, think about how long we as a nation have been restric restricted to barracks. Oh, right. You know, you know so how long we've been <laughs> we, we've been not allowed out and everything. So you must have been 
evolving with Shiloh on a daily basis for at least, uh, I'm going to say, six months to a year before I met you. Yeah, I think that there was there was certainly a form of evolution taking place. Um, right. I found it quite tough because once I had been made redundant in July, like that kind of really brought me brought me down to earth kind of thing. And then it was like, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, okay, what what can I do? Like, how can I how can I like get some money? Like, I need to support my family, sure, sure. and stuff. Like, you know, obviously I've got Naomi, and like, I kind of just panicked and went into like a real anxious filled space. Um, and then it was a few few months later, I joined the anti racism group, and then I began to kind of just kind of get back into things gently and then yeah. I began posting and so that kind of really started to bring me to the forefront um, and then there was all of the planning and everything the conversations that I was having the guests that we were speaking with and trying to arrange and all of that kind of stuff so that I became to get I, I began to get back into this okay like do stuff be creative like express um, connect with people um, and you were one of those people. Yeah, yeah. But but during that time, you're also hmm. spending the days with, like, you know, sometimes they say, you're about the third person I've spoken to now who, you know, they say sometimes being sacked is a, is a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like, so for all three people that I've spoken to and you're the third. Yeah. Being sacked opened a door that, you couldn't envisage would ever have been open that yeah. wide or that, I, that, I that, would, that long. I would never have seen Shiloh. Uh, right, that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some of those things, some of the things that I've seen in this pandemic, um, you know, if, if life was still as it was prior to, um, I would have missed out on so much, so much. Well, the thing is that from from a very early age you've got to be a part of um his the shaping of of his mind yeah yeah um you know lots of child uh, development sort of th- thinkers talk about the first three years being the most important in a child's life mm-hmm. and it's about you but i'm guessing for you for most of the people that are listening to this podcast, they would be very lucky to have spent even 50% of the week with their father. Yeah. You know, just because of the realities of how society is set up, the chances of you, you know, the chances are most children grew up majorly with their mothers. Mm-hmm. Not deliberately, but, but that's just the way it works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so when we look at child development, when we... Like when we work in schools and we work in colleges and we talk to people and talk about their development, it's often the case that it's very lopsided towards the mother's influence towards them. Mm-hmm. And now we've had a pandemic that allowed you to be at least 50% rather than it being 80 to 20 or something like that yeah. of his development. Now, why am I saying this? I keep stressing the word development. Cognitive development of that age is different to the rest of the, your life. So, so almost like from five onwards, we learn and develop way, way differently to how we do before we reach, four, let's say, four. Yeah. 
everything is developing. You see, when we're older, different things develop, but a lot of things are already developed within us. So, for example, a lot of physicality of, of walking, talking, eating, all that stuff, mm. all happens between naught and, and three, say. And, and all the other stuff we make sense of uh, philosophically so we find our place in the world. Mm. You were actually around for him during the period that took him to nursery. A lot of fathers don't get to see the real child until they've been to nursery. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. So so you're in a unique position, mainly, let's say, because of the circumstances we had. But you're in a unique position to talk out to people about what that was like in watching the daily evolution of your child with your influences. Um, Wax lyrically, please. <laughs> well, okay, so there was kind of like the immediate kind of period of deflation uh, initially when I thought it was first announced that I was being temporarily laid off. Yeah. Uh, it, that was <clears throat> leading actually into his birthday weekend. So I think it was in fact the day before when I got the notice that I was being temporarily made up. So it, it, nobody knew what was going to happen at this point. They said three or four weeks. It's turned out we're still here a year later. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been a real process of understanding myself in and yeah. among the mess but still maintaining some sort of grip on reality um, okay. I didn't perhaps handle it that well um, I think I kind of lost touch with reality somewhat I was still here like physically here but I wasn't really present um, and I think that that presence kind of really began to really amp up the kick in when we started doing the podcast um when, when i began to kind of express some of the things that were going on for me so we're talking about you know might be boris at it again or whatever but there's there's for me there's always a a parallel there's always something else that i can connect that to that can give me some kind of message or some message in what we're even talking about and um, and just having that opportunity to just split minds and, and chop these things up and, and work some things work through some things it's really given me a, a sense of empowerment um and also a sense of direction as well that's come from this so i guess for me it was really the change really took place when i began to really i guess find my voice quote unquote um and through that it's kind of it's it's open doors and yeah. I think that I was kind of afraid somewhat to open some of these doors prior because you know now I have all of the time in the world to do these things but before I didn't really have the time um, so I've had to kind of refocus you know where my attention goes and, and what I'm doing and, and really just plug into Shiloh like he's he you know he it was two <laughs> at this point last year and uh, it was it was a real it was a challenge for me but 
going through this transition, which I think was quite stepped. I was kind of stepped through this process bit by bit through the anti-racism group, becoming a host and then starting the podcast and then having all of these wonderful guests who really just helped me to expand like my awareness. My consciousness yeah. level has just increased and I, I feel like I kind of get things a lot more. Um, and I get that, you know, I'm Shiloh's father, his dad, I'm present in his life. And because of that, like, I need to show him who I am so that he can feel comfortable in being who he is. Sure. It's, I, I don't know, in a way, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that as well, because what you're actually experiencing for him is the use of language, the mm -hmm. use of where I fit into the world. And not many kids can do that with their parent, with their father present, sorry. They can do it sometimes with their mother present, but even some kids growing up without, you know, with a, a lot of time with their mothers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because just of the commitments, the way that life is, the way that capitalism sets things up. So you're kind of almost destined to spend bare amounts of time with the kid, but not enough of, that, of the time of the kid, particularly in the naught to five age group. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing time for a child. And we see it in schools, because when they come to school at five, they've been through a lot of this and some of them haven't. So, so some of them are, are, have got a slightly deferred development. Yeah. So some of them, you kind of have to help them with language or you help them with the toys aren't all for you sort of thing, you know, that sort of centralising them. Mm. Mm. But being at home with your father is a hugely important time to learn those skills because he gets a sense of guidance. Yeah. Yeah? Because without that guidance, it's kind of like the old thing of putting your hand in the fire, getting burnt and realising, well, better not do that again. Whereas with he went with you there, he can just say, why can't I do that? And then he can get an understanding of why that's not allowed. Yeah. So you being around for that, even in a almost not noticing manner, is huge for him. And I saw it with you when you came to meet me that time with him. He is so in your bubble in terms of understanding the way you think. And that wouldn't be so pronounced at such a young age if you had been working and he was at nursery and, and then you'd kind of develop it as you go along because it would be much more conflictual as the child gets slightly older and more challenging, if you like. Yeah. You helped him to evolve through that. And he really does hear you even when you're not saying stuff, if you know what I mean. He kind of gets that you're trying to implore him to take A rather than B, let's say, even without you necessarily saying it. <laughs> Watching him with you was an amazing experience to see that. And, you know, he's, I don't know if you've ever seen that, uh, Mike Myers, um, what was it called? Austin Powers. You know, it's a little bit mini me-ish, the way he is around <laughs> you. <laughs> In a lovely way, in an absolutely lovely way. If Mini Me, if if, if the if the guy Mini Me was following was a really really nice guy, that's kind of what it's like watching you and Shiloh. 
you know, he's different to a lot of children because when he goes to nursery now, he's so much more confident and developed because he's been with you. Yeah. Because he's been around your time. Even by accident, he's... It's ridiculous to explain what I'm trying to say. He's getting an influence off you even without you noticing. Yeah, by proxy. By proxy, yeah. And so therefore... If a teacher says to him at nursery, would you like to play with the sand? He's already thinking of times we, he's had that kind of conversation with you. Yeah. And if you hadn't been there, he wouldn't be able to do that. And then his confidence will be slightly shallower. So when you took him into nursery for the first time, what were your feelings about leaving him? Wow. Um, my feelings about leaving him in nursery... Um, it's an interesting one because he, he has been going to a nursery um, like every Monday for a few hours in the afternoon um, but it, that's not his nursery that's not where he settles now now he's settling into this nursery um, this is going to be his, his base at least for the next couple of months at least yeah. um, you know before we look at changing the scenery again um and i think that he's he's kind of at an ideal time where he's very adaptable to change um and that you know with me being around with his mom being around like we'll be able to guide him through that um but yeah in in regards to <laughs> my feelings yeah him in in nursery it, it, oh wow um it was it was funny because We've been, we visited the nursery before the pandemic. So we had a show around, we've been inside and seen, you know, played in the sandpit, water, tray, and played with the other children. And there were, there were a couple of moments where um, two of the kids got hurt, they were crying, and he was the first person to be next to them, you know, rubbing their back or their shoulder and saying, oh, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Oh. This boy has this huge, humongous heart and he cares. And the only way that he would be able to express that is if he had seen that. And so, you know, he's not going to do things that he hasn't seen because it's not a part of his consciousness. And I think that that, that really is a real credit to to us his parents yeah um, totally. really that, that groundwork and also it's about trust shiloh has to trust that you know we're not leaving him where he's going to be you know at, at harm um he yeah. told of the nursery assistant's hand and waved and said bye bye daddy and was more than happy to walk away and it was like there was a moment where i was like wait hold on a second hold on slow down <laughs> where are you going yeah, <laughs> there's no tears nothing you're just like walking off okay but then when I went to pick him up <laughs> he was crying on the way back <laughs> and he does this when he comes back from his grandparents as well he cries but the thing is is that he knows that he's coming back here this is his home you know exactly, he goes out and he exactly has that. no no exactly that and you know he he has these wonderful this wonderful time and he knows he's coming back and he's he, yeah <laughs> but you see the thing is Jermaine I don't think you and 
his mother fully understand how much you've shaped him and developed him and made him into a mini ambassador for you two because I'm thinking of you spoke on a previous podcast of your other children that you had yeah. um, in Birmingham and I don't know if you had the same experience when they were naught to three of spending this much time with them no um, so the, the scenario between us was um, as it was when you know over a year ago pre-pandemic that was it. Well, I just wonder in if... fact, what I actually did was I took up a um, an assistant manager role, which meant, then meant that I was spending even less time with them. So I was heading out before they were awake and coming back and literally putting them to bed. Um, so so you were doing what most people would... That's the experience of, of child, especially from the male point of view, that's their experience of early years with the child. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's quite interesting because... I, I thought you'd be in an, a unique position to reflect on the difference between those two scenarios. Mm -hmm. Because very few people get that double chance, if you like. You know, very, people, very few people get the chance to see both models in action. Mm -hmm. So what's your kind of memory of your relationship with them at that age compared to your relationship with Shiloh at this age? Um we were close but only as close as we kind of could be granted that i was spending maybe half an hour an hour with them every day like during the week and i, I used to work weekends we used to like literally we work seven days a week sure so, you know two days off um but then when i made a transition into becoming a manager there were times when i literally had to work i think it was two weeks straight um, so literally two weeks I'm coming home at seven putting them to bed literally tired and worn out and burnt out and getting all of this flack from the manager and, and from the regional manager and all of that and then having these real highs where we'd soar through target and absolutely smash it all of those emotions that I'm dealing with like on a day-to-day -day basis and then coming home and being like in this situation where I'm literally just putting my children to bed and then on my days off I'm absolutely knackered and um, so it, it the difference between the two is you know I've got way more availability and accessibility to to Shiloh um, and I mean now that he's at nursery <laughs> it kind of feels weird him not being here um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's good and it's great for him to have the opportunity to go out and explore and socialize with people that are his age, you know. Um, differences, differences, differences. Um, I think that the relationship that Shiloh and I have is is much closer simply because of proximity and yeah, the, yeah. the amount of time that we've been able to spend together. Um, the way that I've seen his growth and development as well. Um, there's times when, pre-pandemic, when I'd arrive, and this is very much the same with my elder two children, I'd come home and they'd use the potty for the first time, or they fed themselves for the first time, or um, they wrote their name for the first time. Like, I, I missed out on a lot of those experiences, so I'm seeing them you know when they're when they're quite confident and know how to do these things yeah, 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 it's yeah. not it's not a celebration anymore because yeah i've been doing this for a while what, what are you want about dad um 
and just yeah seeing him go through these changes and through like just exploring and even in the last sort of few months um especially with his mom being away like the last just over a month now um and he's he's literally began to feed himself sat him down on the floor and um invited a friend over she brought her two children cooked a meal um and there's there's that social aspect that's still happening for him so i really want to keep that going for him um and really have him in a, in a space where you know he's he's with me but he's also engaging in other things other projects other you know <laughs> you know he has things to do now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> outside yeah, exactly. house, you know meeting loads of people that that you know <laughs> are kind of not really able to because of the whole lockdown no exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a brilliant opportunity for him to get out there and, and to be able to do that, um, and you know, it gives me space and time to kind of just mull over some thoughts and work out how I'm feeling, and, and obviously continue work, building the future, um, and, and yeah, just really trying to solidify a, a foundation for him and you know the family inclusive of Naomi. I mean, it's interesting because when we look back, when we're older and we look back, there's a tendency to think of all the things we could have, should have done. Yeah. You know, because because it's, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And not, not just hindsight, but as you get older, you get no more knowledge. So knowledge and hindsight are wonderful things to have. Yeah. But in a sense, you've been lucky because you've had a second chance to do it in a very very different way and it's really clear to me that how much that's affected Shiloh I'm not sure even that you can see it maybe you're too close but you'll certainly get reports from nursery that will explain that to you that what you've shaped him by just being has been immense um, and they don't see many kids like that nurseries don't see many kids like that mm. I'll tell you a quick story. Years ago, this is oh, 150 years ago, I was working in a my first project, which was a government-funded thing, so they didn't pay us very much. And we had to set up an uh, advice centre. That was it. We were set up an advice centre. And one of the things we did there, we, we ran a, um aerobic class for mothers, um, new mothers. Oh, yeah. All right, so for some absurd reason, I still to this day don't know why, we agreed we would look after the children for like an hour and a half while the mothers did aerobics. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to say, I was very, very young, had no experience of looking after children. <laughs> um, and so it was a real learning on the job experience, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would happen is that we'd so we had children from zero to five yeah for about an hour and a half yeah and what would happen is so let's say we had 12 or 15 kids it would literally take us an hour to get all of them to stop crying <laughs> so that we would literally working with a solid hour to get them to stop crying and then the parents would come out and go, the mums would come out sorry because it was all single mums and the mums would come out and they would say Oh, they love it here. Look how much they're sleeping. 
And we just didn't have the heart to tell them we'd spent an hour kind of literally trying to get everything we could to get them to go to sleep. <laughs> anyway, there was this one girl there. She must have been about four or five. And um, she took um, a, a thing to me, a shine to me, whatever. Uh, and it came out in her pretending to be... She well, she was mirroring, I'm guessing, her mother. <laughs> her mother was with, with fellas. And she started blanking me all the time. Yeah. So for no apparent reason, I'd say good morning and she just blanked me. Yeah. So all the other kids were like, hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. And she just blanked me completely. <laughs> and it got to the point that she would, like, if a kid fell over, she would run ahead of me. Like, I'm walking over to the kid. She'd run ahead of me and pick the child up and make sure it's okay. Oh. And this happened for an hour. Like, she would literally be doing that with every child so that I don't get there first. <laughs> so that she could show me that she was there, if you know what I'm saying. You know, yeah, and she had a purpose. And in a way, that image stays with me even today, 100 years later. Um, whereas, I should imagine that's the same sort of thing the staff at the nursery will, will have with Shiloh. That they'll they'll ha see him almost beyond just being a child then, because he's got such adult um, characteristics as well mm -hmm. as his child characteristics, because he's been around a very sensible person. And because he's been around that person, full stop just because he's been around, you know. So so he knows that if he's being a bit annoying watching TV or something, and you say, Shadow, can you just quieten down? And, and you know, he, it won't take a lot for a, a member of staff to say that to him, for him to get it. Yeah. But other yeah. kids might have to do that for weeks before they understand what they're going on about. Um, and I can't impress upon you enough how unlikely this scenario was to happen. I don't mm. believe that when you came to the realization you were going to become a father, that you'd ever thought by the time of, by the age of three, you would be able to spend virtually every day, all day with that child. That was, I mean, it, it was an idea that I had um, at some point. Like, I would have liked to have been doing something that allowed me to have the time your more time okay. with him. Yeah, um, yeah. And in fact, there was, uh, I think it, wait, when was it? 2018, I think it was. Um, there was a, a, a week, there was a few days when his mom was at, um, at the Prince's Trust. She was doing a, a business course. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Those enterprising business courses. And, yeah, I know the Prince's Trust. Yeah, and she was doing that for, I think it was four or five days or so. And so I then had to, like, I took him on and, and literally while she went out and did that for the week, I was got, getting up, going to work, coming back home. Um, like, literally, I'd take him to my aunt's and then go to work and do work, go to my aunt's, pick him up, come back home. And then I just alternated. Thankfully, I was able to alternate. Um, and not take yeah. in fact I actually ended up taking two days off like actual days off unpaid wow. um, because of that but I needed to do it because like, it wasn't going to work any other way no, for um, real. so I, I had an experience of what it's like to spend like every 24 hours with him you know um, where it's just me and him and over the course of a week as well and him seeing me, you know, get up and go to work, going to meet his, his, going to spend time with his family for the day, 
and then I'd pick him up at the end of the day and you know go through that and it's it was it was nice for that moment because it allowed him to kind of see some other family and, and make friends kind of thing um but it was also kind of good for me because it kind of kept a bit of routine to things um in, in a sense um but as the the pandemic came and obviously that whole thing was removed it kind of left open this kind of void for me so in time it was kind of the case of okay how can i fill this time and so really engaging with shiloh and really taking him on and, and challenging him in many ways and just experimenting and exploring really sure uh, has just taken place um yeah yeah i think um there's been a, a lot of time spent in reflection on, on the ways that things could have been and perhaps should have been um but it's it's something that i have to deal with right and all i can deal with is what's happening right here and now yeah and absolutely I have, be, I have to be present and i have to be attentive and i just i just i must just be engaged in what this is you know in, in what's happening um and that's that's all i want for shallow i just want the best for him I want him to grow up and to become a young man, um, you know, a, a teen, a, a young man, an adult who just has his mind together, is able to work things out, you know, is able to also offer that compassion and that emotional um, uh, expression, that's a healthy emotional expression, and to be able to navigate his way through this world so I think him coming along with us through Africa is is, is going to be an interesting navigation there for him and for, for me and for you as well. Well, well, the, well, for me it's fine. But I mean, the thing is that, that it's the stages of his development. You see, mm-hmm. when he does that, he's learning things that when you're, say, uh, reception at school, what you learn is very much shaped by the pace that you learn things at. So it's quite common in reception for them to take you a walk to the, the local park and look at acorns and things and squirrels and stuff like that. So you learn about your environment. Yeah. And you learn at a pace because you come back and you start drawing an acorn or you yeah. look at what squirrels eat. So that's all. It's kind of like that you get an even development of what you're learning. By you doing it yourself, what you're doing is going to his path, pace of learning, not the class's pace of learning, which is a very different thing. Yeah. Because he might be brilliantly quick at certain things, like I say language, right? At the moment, language is very new to him. And at the time he's learning English, he could just as easily be learning Kaswahili, for example. Yeah. Because it won't be a problem for him, because it makes as much sense as English does when you don't understand English. You know, at that time of your development, yeah, any language makes as much sense as English because English is a completely nonsensical language in terms of when you try to teach it to somebody else, you try and explain why, for example, there's a B at the end of the word thumb. Right. It, it's not. There's no logical reason for that. <laughs> you know, so you could put a Z at the end, really, because it's it, it's a, of, of as much relevance to the word thumb as, as the B is. Yeah. So learning a language like, say, 
Swahili, for example, would be as easy or hard as it is learning English to him. Yeah. And his understanding of, of the environments that he's going through will shape him for the rest of his life. Because, yeah. you know, when, let's say he went back to school at yeah, age eight, I don't know, let's say for argument's sake, and they're going to talk about what the savannah is like in Africa. Well, he'll have been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll virtually be inviting him up to talk every every lesson because he's actually been there and seen it. So he has a wonderful learning opportunity, but I can't help but stress what percentage of you know we you and I deal with a lot with with statistics when we when we try and go through the curious anarchy sort of discussions. What percentage of parents or even fathers spend this much time with their child? We said on a global level, you've got, to me, you've got three or four different types of people. You've got people very wealthy who don't particularly spend a lot of time with their kids. Um, they often find money as a good substitute to, to work instead of time spent. You've got people who are the other end of the scale who work day and night just to provide the basics for their child. Again, would love to spend longer, but they don't. Yeah. You've got people that, 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 are unemployed and spend time with the kids, but they haven't got necessarily the, the finances or the backup to, to do the things they'd like to do with them. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I learned very early in my career of working with children was that nothing is more important than time spent with a child. And you can give them all sorts of different things, but the time you spend with them is, is, is like gold. Yeah. And I don't think you realize quite how fortunate you are that all this happened because without it your time spent with him would have gone down by forfeits and you've got a unique opportunity that you may not have and he may not have again in their lifetimes unless the the way we, 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 we live on this planet changes economic slavery is what most people are going to be down to so they're going to have to work all day just to pay the bills, just to make sure they have food. And the, and so they can't do the things that you've been doing with your son. It took a worldwide pandemic for that to happen. And he's amazing for it. He will be almost unique because how many children will have had this growth opportunity? You know, like when you go through classes, one of the things at schools, they always talk about the different year groups, like year nine, year eight, the difference in characteristics between them. So some year groups are more loud, some are quieter, some are more academic. This this year group, when they reach, say, secondary school, are going to be a very unique bunch of people. Yeah, that's for very sure. Very different to, <laughs> to the majority of kids who don't have that. And I, I've worked at schools where kids have had to get buses all the way across London uh, and often come from single parents or or, or even care homes that mm-hmm. have had virtually no guidance for most of their life. And here you've got a situation where a child can actually spend the time with his father, learning even the most simplistic things, like how to make a sandwich. As an adult, we don't think twice about that. It's absolutely it's nothing. But for a child, it's huge. Huge, yeah. Because it's a development thing they can't imagine doing. It's like changing the engine of a car for them. <laughs> and he's going to do that with his father. Wow, that's amazing. Or with his mother. That's amazing. Wow. 
And I haven't even got on to how amazing you two are. I haven't even talked about what unique characters you are. Because if you'd have been people that would have had no imagination and no, let's say, social skills or whatever, what would the child have got from that? Mm. Instead, he's living with two people who are so vibrant and unique, so individualistic in terms of understanding the world. I mean, this child is, this is a future king. <laughs> I, uh, I have the reason to look at a couple of kings in history and their development. And it's fascinating. Many of them didn't have the opportunities that the Charlotte's had just this year. Some of them went through real hardships, which by chance led them to become king, but by chance, literally, not by any great design. But this boy has the potential to be absolutely anything. And the easiest way to explain that would be, do you remember, you're very young, but do you remember the, the Williams sisters, the tennis players? Yeah. So their father, from a very early age, spent a lot of time with them at weekends to turn them into, um, you know, international stars to become mm -hmm. the best, the very best at their game. Yeah. And he did that by spending weekends and, and, and tennis, uh, you know, holiday. You know, when you have the holidays at school holiday and you do tennis with the kids, you know, like you go to the park and you train with them every day. He did that with them. Mm -hmm. But he'd be lucky if he spent half as much time with them as, as you have been with Shiloh this year. And look how amazing they turned out. So it will be really interesting to monitor how he develops from now on because he's been given such a lovely start. What? I'm curious what you think. Because this is an interesting question because for a lot of children, it is a real development stage nursery. But I'm curious what you think nursery can give him that you haven't already given him. I'm just curious. Yeah, I think for, for me, what I see is him getting out of it. It's the, the social aspect. Is he right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're talking about the playground stuff, really? Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's important for him to develop relationships, friendships with, you know, children his age um and be able to you know have those those that kind yeah of... no i wouldn't i wouldn't argue with you but you see yeah. that's interesting because obviously socialization is a huge factor hmm. Hmm. but it isn't necessarily what 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 teachers and nursery nurse teachers see as the purpose of nursery it's oh, a byproduct yeah. it's, it's a byproduct it's not the product it's a byproduct yeah. and i think that's that for me is at that age that he is, um, that's the most important thing that he has and learns some sort of like structure, learns how to relate to other people, whether that's the nursery assistants or other children. Um, and he'll he'll learn new things. Like they they do languages there, um, they do like gardening stuff there as well. And 
you know, they go on trips. So there's, he'll have that kind of school nursery experience um, whilst having some of that experience carry on when he gets home. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. But I think that you've kind of done 50% of what they would normally do anyway. Mm-hmm. You've, you've kind of done that much for him already, I think. It's quite interesting because I think you've done a lot of that already for him. Yeah. Well, and, and this, like I was saying, it's, the thing is, is about him learning how to relate to other people um, whilst yeah, he's sure. having yeah, yeah. experience and learning experiences with others who are his, his age, a little bit older and, and you know, younger. And, and the dynamics that he'll pick up on how to manage all of these different relationships. Um, I'm really keen to see how that will come into fruition and, and how that will manifest. Um, I've, I've got absolutely full confidence in him that he will be fine and he will just engage and he'll be immersed in this whole experience. Um, I just, I guess sometimes you kind of think, oh, you know, he hasn't really been, you know, he's not really used to this environment. He's not really, you know, used to this kind of thing. Like, how is he getting on? And, and all of those kinds of uh, mild uh, reservations. Um, but no, like, I, it's nice to be able to have worked with him and then to be able to say, here you yeah, go, exactly. go out into the world. Yeah, 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 totally. And awesome. And go and do you. Um, and he does that and he comes back and I mean at the moment he's, he's not able to kind of articulate fully like what he's experienced but he will mention things and um, so you know I'm looking forward to having those conversations in over the years that kind of developing in, into you know full-blown conversations and um, I mean even um, was it last weekend um, I asked him <laughs> Where, where his headscarf is, because he, he has hair, so he sleeps with a, a, a bonnet or a headscarf. And, okay. Um, just to protect his hair. And um, he he got up and it was missing. So I asked him, I was like, Shiloh, where's, where's your headscarf? Where's your headscarf, Shiloh? And he said, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, where's your headscarf? I don't know. Oh. And it was just that little moment there where he was directly responding to a direct question. Yeah, yeah, totally. That, that, for me, that hadn't happened prior to that moment. And it was it was just seeing, I've seen these last few weeks, how he's just rapidly absorbing stuff. And then that moment where he, he responds, he's, he's he announced that he is here and he's yeah. present and, and he's conscious. Um, and it was, it, it was amazing. I cried a little bit because I was like, oh my oh. God. Like you, you actually responded like oh, with right. relevance, um, and yeah, it, it, it was that was just that was just brilliant. Um, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot more of that, so <laughs> it's kind of a case of well, buckle up, Jermaine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, it's interesting because. I find you have a way of deflecting the question away from what you're being asked, which is interesting because maybe it's about being a bit more humble, but um, I just, I just, I'm putting myself in the position of being the, the nursery teachers at his school and thinking, well, the only thing I've really got to worry about is how he socializes because the actual learning side of things, 
he's already he, he's already way ahead of most kids in terms of things like motor skills, things like learning skills, listening skills. I mean, I've got, you know, like I said, I've got confidence that he will just crack on. You know, he will be yeah. like that. I I've, I've got confidence that you put instilled in him the confidence to use things that some kids can take an awful long time longer to learn. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But you and Naomi have both achieved that with him at a very early age. Yeah. So he's quite a confident little lad because he feels safe knowing that these things have been uh, credited to him and that if he needs to learn more, he can come back to both of you and learn more. Uh, maybe you need to spend a day in the nursery to understand what I'm talking about. Maybe you need to spend a day, actually, the whole day in the nursery to see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Because I think, for me, when you're a teacher with a class like that, it's the kids the other end of the scale that you worry most about because they they can have, can have a destructive pull on the rest of the class. They can also have a destructive pull on themselves. Not in a horrible way, but just because... When they feel afraid and confused, look, human beings love to think that they're more than animals. Yeah, we love to think we're civilized and intelligent. We think, but when push comes to shove, we're very similar to animals in the way that we either we either fight or flight. Yes, exactly that, exactly that. So some kids, if you put them in a situation where they feel very, very uncomfortable have those two responses to make because they don't know what else to do. They don't have the tools in their toolbox to deal with it. And good teachers will help that to to become less of a problem. Bad teachers or teachers that aren't experienced will struggle with it with those children. I guess in his nursery, he's lucky that he's around so kids can actually turn to him and go, Charlotte, what should I do now? And he, he'll give them advice in the, as if he was you. <laughs> he'll be saying to them, like, in the way that you used to say, now, Shiloh, what do you think of that? He'll be going, now, Jimmy, what do you think of that? As if he was talking... As if he'll be mirroring his father. That's exactly what he'll do. We see all the time. I, I'll give you an example. I worked with a child. He was, I think, eight. There was a group of eight eight-year-olds we worked with who were excluded from mainstream school because of their behaviour and what, what. And most of the time this kid was okay, but then when he got upset and lost his temper, he started smashing everything in the room, so we had to take him out. And I'd put him in this side room and I'd stand with him until he calmed down. And sometimes he didn't calm down. And he'd turn around to me and he'd go, Mark, let me out of the room or I'm gonna, so help me God, I'm going to sort you out. <laughs> and what he said was an absolute mirror of his mother or father. Wow. Because he effed them blind as well. I didn't want to do that, obviously, on the podcast. But what I mean is, where would you do that at eight years old? <laughs> where would you get those those skills from at eight years old? Oh, for sure. The truth is, you're mirroring behaviour. Mm. Yeah, so so children mirror their, their parents because that's all they've grown up with. So imagine a scenario where they're a little bit afraid, maybe going swimming or going to the market, whatever. And how their parent deals with it is what they learn to deal with. 
So, I mean, I've had kids at schools where I've worked with them and again, very young ages going to me, hush your mouth, stuff like that, talk, talking like that. Because <laughs> they've heard their mother say that or their father say that. And it's fascinating to see the mirror in the child. Fascinating. Because you get a representation of what they grow up with. I should imagine you're going to get no end of uh, thank yous and compliments from the staff there after he's been there six months or a year or whatever. You know, I'm sure he's, you're going to get so many um, thank yous for the way he's developed. Um, right. Well, I suppose we better start wrapping it up, Jermaine. Well, yeah. Um, thank you exploration of uh, how this time has been it's been um, it's, it's been the first time we've tried doing a new series which is for people listening it's called Grub with Greta um, and <laughs> and um, I like how you're insisting on that <laughs> yeah man let's just go with the flow and the thing is this one is more to do with child, ch- child children and child development um, so we're interested if we sort of pick up the topic with other people that it will fit into this category. Um, but I'm sure most of you will, like me, be absolutely amazed and uh, full of compliments for the way that Jermaine has evolved his child through this difficult period. I go so far as to say that in a lot of ways, his child doesn't even know we've been through a difficult period. That's how relaxed yes. when I'm that's when I when I met him, um, Shiloh. He, that's how relaxed he was. Uh, he he could have been on a beach. He, had, he there was no fear of being outside, fear of being with strangers. He was just totally relaxed. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. And I think most people listening will be full of uh, positive energy for you for how you've dealt with it, how you and his mum have dealt with it. So sort of you know. What a great model. Maybe you should write a book for people to in the future to have that sort of opportunity to do that sort of with their child. Um, Watch yeah. this space. Curious Anarchy book on child rearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's been uh, a real exploration of, you know, experiences, having the, the, the flip side of the experience this time round with him being only three or two into three. Um, and I mean, even for the foreseeable future, at least for the rest of this year, you know, we're not really looking at going back to any sort of kind of normal. Um, no. We may have thought, so, you know, things are going to be like this for some time. And I'm, I'm really just in a space where I'm trying to, I'm setting up a space for us to not have to go back to that kind of lifestyle i don't want to go back to that sure but i'm not around sure. it. Um, i certainly want to be more involved i certainly want to have more of a presence, presence that i've been able to take up to continue somewhat um so yeah i mean between myself and his mom like we've been through some real challenges this last year between us uh, we've had ups and downs and you know, throughout it all, Shiloh has remained, you know, fairly, at least seemingly fairly well balanced. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's surely a credit to us 
despite everything else that's going on. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 pleased. I'm pleased with Shiloh. How Shiloh is, is turning out. How he's opening up and how he's just becoming <laughs> becoming Shiloh. Um, I mean, people often say that of a child, and I suppose in some ways it can be be true, is that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And if that is the case, because you know there are arguments against it as well, but if that is the case, then Shiloh's certainly a golden delicious. <laughs> or a Granny Smith. I don't think he's a Granny Smith. Not yet. He might turn into one, but he's not yet. <laughs> Definitely a golden delicious. Yeah. Um, um, lovely kid. Just and just to sign off, I really want to kind of just share some gratitude to Naomi uh, for, sure. for being his mom for going through what she had to go through um, that's emotionally mentally physically in order to carry him yeah not let alone actually give birth to him because you know she has a condition that um, results in a lot of nerve pain like, things trigger her really easily she's very sensitive um, physically and um, I can't imagine the gravity of carrying a child despite all of that that's going on the the things that took place between us the misunderstandings the, the, the connections the, the fallouts the, the making it up um, and still here today we may not be together but we have agreed to at least ensure that Shiloh receives some sort of example of how no parents can actually get on. And I think that's really important because absolutely coming from experiences where um, our parents, like my parents, my mom and my biological father um, aren't together. Her parents are together and, and married. And, you know, we, we see things in those relationships that we kind of don't want for our children. We don't want them to see. And, and just looking around is out there. Like there's there's a lot of dare I say shit out of it out there. Um and you know how we've managed to kind of string this together somehow, like through everything that we've been through has yeah, I'm I'm really in a state of just like humility to that and to her because without her I wouldn't be here, you know. Um, Shiloh wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really grateful to her for those those contributions that she's made and for being that mirror at times when I really needed that mirror, somebody to really show me who I am in those moments where I feel like I'm not controlling. I've got low self esteem and all of those kinds of things. You know what I mean? Like we go through stuff. Um, but we got to find a way to get through it and we're finding that way and i'm i'm really pleased that I've, I've had this gift to be able to share so much time with my young child with shiloh um again like you mentioned it's it's like the the cycle this time around it's different you know yeah. in more favorable terms um so 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really pleased. I love him to pieces. I love Naomi to pieces. And I'm just really happy that things are turning out as they are in that respect. And long may they continue. Hey, hey. Thank you very much for, for holding this space, Mark. We have really, really appreciate it. No worries, man. Um, but I think um, it's interesting because because uh, if we had to make a model for how we'd like our child to develop, because it's a really difficult thing, it, you know, everything you do with a child can be seen wrong and can be seen as too much, too little, etc. But if you had to make a model, if you could take from a fresh and, and build a pathway for a child, um, I think 90% of the world would love to have had the chance to do the path that you're providing for your son, including the, the, the journeys that we hope to be on. You know, I think it's an amazing opportunity for him and it's a great um, tribute to you and, and Naomi to, to being that open minded about things about being that kind of um you know like in touch with everything not just the normal things that people talk about but just so many different things that you're yeah. in touch with to allow him to grow in that way it's brilliant it's, it's holistic yeah i tried not to use that word but i'm just saying you know it, what i meant was the Holistic you know, with the W then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the whole, the wholeness, the oneness of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, people often talk about this in so many scenarios, having as much of a, a sort of a, a sort of a understanding of everything around you. And it's, um, it's and incredible, yeah. like watching him because I, I see at times so much of his mom in him. Like his face, he looks like his mom. Okay, um, but then he has these expressions that remind me of me. Um, I was going to say when I saw him, he, every expression reminded me of you. <laughs> yeah, and then um, he has this voice that's quite deep for a child. <laughs> yeah, he does. He really does. Yeah, that reminds me of me, and it's like, oh wow, he's really like taking. Well, off it's interesting you say that because I don't think it's the depth of his voice. I think it's the punctuation of his voice that reminds me of you. He really punctuates like you do. It's quite amazing. Um, you know, I wish every child could have that about them, you know, to punctuate their mind, their voice in that way. Um, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating because <laughs> he's like a little you now, and, and that's not surprising. We often say children are like little versions of their, of their parents, but he really is. And uh, I don't know Naomi, and I don't know what to look for to see her in him, but uh, certainly when I met him, it was like being with two. Jermaine's not one. <laughs> it, it really is like an opportunity for me to kind of <laughs> vicariously live through him. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But, you know, I, I want him to be fully, like, I want him to engage with, with, like, even things like animals. Like, I'm not afraid to have him go and stroke a dog on the street, you know, or to, to stroke the cat. Um, or, you know, or a lion? A bit of like oh, around that, um, or, really, or a lion, Jermaine. A what? A lion, a lion? perhaps. Okay. Perhaps. To be continued. But to be continued, indeed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
see it's interesting we we like to see the children grow up to be in our the mirror image of ourselves but what's interesting is there's also an inherent part of human beings that make different choices to their parents mm-hmm. so what'll be interesting is seeing that develop in him as well because that independence comes from the confidence to make your own decisions sure and to, and and how you view the world because you don't always view it exactly like your parents yeah i wonder how yeah. many people listening view the world exactly as their parents and I, w- i would love to have the kind of relationship that as he grows like he he's free and open enough to come and discuss with yeah. me anything like yeah. anything is happening for him you know whether that's um problems with someone maybe someone bullying him or maybe he's even like he hit someone today because they you know said something or did something and maybe he just felt a certain way you know and just being sure. free to be like you know what i i did this and yeah i can't just want to talk about it. <laughs> you know because he he can trust me he knows that i'm not going to punish him i'm not going to turn around to him telling that he's he's bad and he's naughty and he's this that and you know you know that's the world is going to do that to him so i just want to really with myself and his mom just really put him into a stage where he's confident in himself and he has a, a level of self esteem that that is sure you know and it's, he's anchored in that yeah no that's fair enough he's going to be amazing you know that and it might sound like really egotistical or really like conceited but you know he is his own person and he will make his own choices all we can do is just pour all of the love and attention and and gratitude and, and guidance and wisdom and knowledge and everything that we can like possibly think of pour all of that into him he'll be fine yeah for real. you know he will you know he will Anyway, we were trying to wrap this up. You you opened it up again, but we're trying to wrap this up. So, <laughs> thank you for listening, curious anarchy people. Thank you all so much for tuning into this wonderful special episode of what was it called again? Grub with Greta. Grub with Greta. Um an episode of me just reflecting on my first of Shiloh going to nursery he's uh currently yeah. second day second afternoon at nursery right now um so i'm looking forward to picking him up and the sun's come out as well so that's cool. um yeah thank you all so much and much love unity peace and and wisdom um i love you Naomi always will i love you Shiloh i always will I love you Sienna I always will I love Jalen I always will and to friends and family um yeah peace love unity thank you all so very very much for joining us it's been much appreciated please stay tuned good morning good afternoon good evening and good night <laughs>